walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, not this. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Talk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, not this. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, in this art he is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. 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 It's the hardest. Talk around on this Hey, what's up, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna like come in with a British accent, but for some reason, what came out was the most <laughs> fucking out of Cockney Australian fucking kangaroo bullshit that just came out of my mouth. I'm sorry. I apologize. I'm trying to get everybody in the mood for some progress wrestling. Progress? Progress? I don't know what it is. I'm an American. Progress Wrestling. It's been a while. It's been a while since I first saw you. It's been a while. I've had a lot of alcohol tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Progress Chapter 2. I should say that I'm recording this on a Saturday night, Friday night. And it, I, I, this is not a Wednesday night. I know you're listening to this probably on a Wednesday morning or whatever the fuck you're listening to it. Who gives a shit? Why do I care? Why are you fucking giving all your information to me? I didn't ask about anything. Progress Chapter 10. Forgot what chapter we were on for a second. Progress how many times am I going to say it? Progress. Probably 10 times, right? <laughs> We're having fun. Get the fuck out of here, cat. It's fucking clawing at my desk and shit. Who does he think he is? Like he owns the place. Progress chapter 10. No, really. This is a... Uh, boof. This is a dandy of a chapter. And anybody that's seen the show knows... What I'm talking about. And by the way, just to um, throw this out there, if you ever listen to my episodes, particularly the more obscure ones like Progress, Ring of Honor, stuff like that, you're like, man, I wish I had a way to watch those shows. Hit me up on the DMs, baby. I got you. I got you. But yes, a lot of shit happens on this show, man. A, uh, I mean, it's the 10th show for Progress, a landmark chapter for them and even though because they're in the hundreds at this point right so you look at it chapter 10 it still seems very primitive very new and it is but they're just before their two-year anniversary which is crazy 
And they've already grown so much as a company. I mean, they mention it in the episode, the commentator does, that they sold out within 31 minutes and they were packing like 350 people in there, which for a a UK indie show in 2013, that's pretty incredible. Because we've we've talked about this on a previous Progress episodes. You know, indie wrestling in Europe for a long time was pretty stagnant. It was lacking. It was lacking a uh, not necessarily not necessarily the talent, but just you know the uh, the fire, the the storylines, the engagement of the the audience, right? But progress quickly found that, and they really wasted no time in hitting their stride, and a major major pivot point, really on the last chapter, with Jimmy Havoc turning heel. And everyone tells me that that's some of the best storyline stuff that they've done. And judging by what we saw in Chapter 10, I wholeheartedly believe them. But we get into that a lot in this episode. So stay tuned for that and what made this chapter so great. But yeah, man, no longer just dipping our toes in the storylines here. We're, we're, we're riding the cricket bat like the like the Super Witness 5000 or whatever the fuck Harry Potter flew. Nimbus 2000. Nimbus 2000 is what it was, but with a cricket bat because I'm a fucking stupid person that thinks everyone in the UK plays cricket. You probably do. Y'all, y'all, y'all probably fucking do. Anyways, we got storyline stuff happening here, but we also got a lot of great wrestling as always. We got Doug Williams. We got a world title match. We got the finals of the Natural Progression Tournament which has been going on for about a year now. And the finals sees Mark Andrews versus Paul Robinson in the finals. And the winner will get a world title match whenever they choose. And uh, hey, do you miss Aleister Black? Did you, did you forget what he looked like? Did you forget how he wrestled? Well, don't worry. We got you because WWE won't give them to us. But progress in 2013 does more Tommy end more Grado and probably one of the best comedy matches I've ever seen on this show, by the way, just so much, something for everybody on this show. And that's what makes this promotion so great, but I'm already rambling again. I keep doing it. I keep telling myself not to do it, but I do it every time. So much great shit on this show. I mean, God damn it. Why, why aren't you fast forwarding through this stupid fucking intro? Come on, hit the hit, hold on. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Before, before, before you hit the uh, the old, the old, you know, forward fifteen seconds gimmick there. Before you do that, gotta give a shout out to my boy RN from the Smacked Raw podcast joining me on this episode today. No, it's very confusing. It's not the Smacking It Raw podcast from Matt Riddler that I had on my uh, ECW episode. This is a, the Smacked Raw podcast it's a different podcast everybody but they're all friends they all you know smack brawl together and touch tips and dock all the usual suspects but yes rn from the smack brawl podcast you can catch their podcast on twitch they do uh, live recaps on all the major weekly shows throughout the week raw smackdown nxt aw uh jacked metal all of those shows and uh, also listen to them on whatever podcast platform 
tickles your pickle. So really great podcast that they do over there. Uh, really great to get a uh, in-depth reviews and analysis in an entertaining way from all of those guys over there. Um, RN is uh, really knowledgeable on indie wrestling and all promotions all over the world. So really cool to have him on here and we have a lot of fun. So buckle up, put your strap on on and get ready to peck me. Progress chapter 10 with myself and RN from the <laughs> Smacked Raw podcast. Yeah, it's a progress, man. So show is fucking awesome, right? Yeah, and I mean, especially seeing like uh, people that are in, like involved with wrestling now, like seeing them back then. Like I didn't even realize. Like if you asked me to watch, I didn't realize how long ago the show was. So yeah, yeah, and it's like I don't know. To me, at least 2013, 2013 in my head doesn't seem that long ago, but it's like almost a decade ago. Yeah, legit. Point. That's what I was thinking. Yeah, exactly. And uh, yeah, like you said, Tommy End, and I mean, they've barely scratched the surface because you get like pretty much the whole NXT UK roster ends up showing there at some point, and you got right. like Samoa Joe, Samoa Joe pops in, I think, for a little bit. Um, well, shit, um, Rampage Brown, he just debuted on NXT UK a couple weeks ago. Yeah, exactly, and he's still pretty much the same. Um, I think he's even more jacked now than he was then. Oh yeah, I think. But uh. Yeah, I mean, as far as progress goes, I mean, we talked a little bit offline about it, but like, how, how familiar how familiar are you with progress? I, I'm not like immersed in it, but like I know that like I'm into indie wrestling. So mm-hmm. if somebody I knew, like Adam Cole going over there, or Chris Hero, people that I liked here, I would check matches out here and there from what they had, and then uh, like if I seen something online, but like I, I'm not really like familiar with the. Uh, the inner inner workings of it, like I thought that was dope. Was that the promoter or the owner that was coming out in yeah. between matches and stuff? Like that was that was legit. Yeah, yeah, and we'll we'll get to it. But the end of the show, I mean, it's just like legitimately some of the most like engaging like storylines I've seen in wrestling in quite some time. Right. Um, and that that's you know you maybe I don't know if that really um you just kind of watching this for for your first show versus me watching all the shows up to it. I don't know if there's a difference there, but. Um, yeah, we'll get to it, I suppose. But, uh, yeah, this is their 10th show. So a, uh, a landmark show for progress. They're almost two years in at this point. Um, and you know, even though they're very early, they're already like super hot at this point, because I think they said at the show, at the beginning of the show that this show in particular sold out in like 31 minutes. And it was like, it was either two fifty or three fifty people in there, but it was packed. I think it was three fifty. Like, yeah, I mean, it was people hanging from the rafters in there, and every everyone was red hot. And you, you were you were mentioning earlier when we were uh, talking on Twitter that the crowd is like one of the best parts of progress. Well, yeah, because the announcer he didn't he said maybe twenty damn words a whole damn show. I mean, he was funny. Don't get me yeah. wrong, he had his little quips when he did come in was dope. But the crowd was the most engaging part of the show. To be and that was that was probably the most memorable part. But I mean, we all know that from. NXT UK and all these other things, how the European crowds are way different than yeah. the US crowds. Cause to me, it's like they're a part of the show and they're not, but they're not hijacking like asshole fans in the US with the what's and stuff. Like they're everything that they did contributes to the matches at hand. It's not anything hindering the workers or the match. So that's what I mm-hmm. liked about it the most. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. And even, 
this show in particular, they weren't very heckly, but I've seen some of their early shows where the crowd is very like kind of like trying to not hijack the show, but they do it in a way where the the wrestlers kind of interact with them. It's kind right. of a back and forth thing. And I think that was kind of the product of them just being new and kind of, you know, before they really got like serious into it, like into these chapters. And I think they're finally evolving to uh, to really appreciate like the storylines and the wrestlers involved and even when they they do like chant like silly shit, it's I, I think the UK fans are funnier than the American fans by, oh, yeah. by a mile. But God, man, yeah. So this show in particular was built around the Natural Progression Tournament, and that is a tournament that started like a year previous to this. At this point, um, I think it was like eight is either eight or sixteen people that started in it, but it's a single elimination tournament, and the winner of the tournament gets a. Uh, progress wrestling championship match at the time of their choosing. And that's basically what this uh, show is built around is the finals to that. And uh, the show opens up with like basically dueling interviews between the the two finalists who are Mark Andrews and Paul Robinson. Uh, Mark Andrews, you and a lot of people listening probably know from NXT UK. Yeah. Um, We get a little glimpse of his early stuff here. And Paul Robinson is a guy that I was not personally familiar with until I started watching progress, but he's quickly become one of my favorite dudes to watch. He's like a, like almost like a miniature Alistair black. In a way. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> he's got like the kickboxing stuff and just a really unique style. So I was really excited for that match and they have a banger in the main event, but yeah, the show starts out hot. Like you said earlier, Tommy end versus Mikey whiplash. Uh, I, I read the, <laughs> I read the card before the show and for a split second, I thought it was Mikey Whipwreck. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck yeah, buddy. That's what I kept double taking. I like had to stop it and go back. Like, wait, hold on. That <laughs> that's not what I heard. My man's put on some size or something. I don't know. Right. But uh, yeah, Mikey Whiplash, I personally have never heard of him before this. Um, but obviously, Tommy End, everyone knows him now as Aleister Black. And uh, since, you know, Raw, SmackDown, NXT, fucking 205 Live, none of those guys are using Aleister Black. So it's it's good to remember what he was like when he when he wrestled. Do you remember when he wrestled? No, I didn't until I watched the show. I forgot how fucking good he is. Yeah, exactly. And um really good. So it's a this opening match here. It was solid. It was a lot more like uh chain wrestling than I expected. Yeah. It was very uh, technical, uh, a lot of headlocks and stuff in the beginning, but it eventually picked up um Mikey Whiplash. I don't know how to describe him or his style. He's kind of just like a indescript white guy, I guess. I don't know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's a, a fairly quick match. It ends with a, a roundhouse kick from Tommy End. And then he follows it up with a double foot stomp from the top rope for the one, two, three. Tommy End gets the win. And that's his that's his second match in progress so far. And he, so far he's 2-0. and oh, So they obviously have big plans for him. Uh, what do right. you think of this little opening match here? Uh, it was a it was a pretty good like uh, intro match. You could tell that's what it was. It was pretty much there yeah. to just to put him in kind of harm's way. But I mean, anybody that's anybody do that, gonna win this damn match. I mean, right. and to be honest, like I was surprised how many moves he still does to this day for yeah. this match. I mean, of course he doesn't do the double stomp because that's Finn's finish. But mm-hmm. pretty much all it was all his greatest hits in this match. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think he's only added moves. Uh, to his arsenal since this time, because I mean, it's like like we said, it's almost ten years after this, so he's added a lot of uh, 
added a lot of tattoos and a lot of moves to his. Yeah, game. that was another thing too. I noticed how he he was still kind of tatted, but nowhere's near what the hell he is now. Right? It's like, man, I didn't know that's what his belly button looked like. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you said, solid opening match. Uh, more so a warm up. Uh, a warm up <laughs> for this next match. So we have Project Ego versus Grado and Madman Manson. Describe this match for me, will you? Um, best way to describe it would be comedy, like like pure fucking yeah. comedy. Like, and normally, like I'm the I'm the especially if you listen to our podcast, I'm the old man of it. Like, get off my lawn type shit. But <laughs> I don't know what it is about these when they get going to the slow motion mode and these guys. They already like I was familiar with uh, Grotto. I wasn't familiar with the rest of the guys, but they captured mm-hmm. the crowd. They did it smart. Yeah. They didn't just come out the gate trying to do some crazy shit like they got the crowd involved early. And once you do that and you have the crowd in the palm of your hands, it doesn't matter what you do. They're going to live for it. And they ate it up. And I did, too. Like the slow motion spots were fucking ridiculous <laughs> so fucking silly but for some reason i en- i hated myself for enjoying it but me too like that's all i was thinking like <laughs> if any any of my people in my podcast saw me watching this right now they'd be talking shit like oh you want this <laughs> like that, that's the whole time i was like god damn it why do i gotta like this <laughs> your secret's safe with me and uh, <laughs> whoever listens to this i guess but uh yeah man they like you said they did the slow motion where uh, Madman Manson, who, by the way, is so he has wrestling tights on and he has boots drawn on his feet all the way down, like not just like all the way on his shins, like even on his feet. It looked like he had soles drawn, drawn on the edges of his feet. I could not <laughs> believe it. I had to like stop and zoom in like, what the hell is that? And I, I even <laughs> messaged you like this dude drew on wrestling boots. I was like. I almost wanted to like research him and see like if there is any like context to it, but I was like, yeah. nah, I'd rather just not know what it's about. Right. So it's like towards the beginning of the match, he has one of the Project Ego guys in a headlock, and he's like, oh, I, I forgot the spot or whatever, yeah, that, whatever the fuck he said. I pop for that heavy, like, yeah. <laughs> like you know what? I'm just gonna reset right here because I totally forgot what the hell I was supposed to do. <laughs> Redo. Take two, guys. Rewind. Um, <laughs> so they and he's like let's go through it but very slowly and then they do like fucking two or three minutes of slow motion like hitting the ropes and hip tosses and bumps and all that stuff um the slow-mo when he did the uh hip toss how he like helped gradually held the guy's head yeah yeah kind of <laughs> like rolled him over i'm like they 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 practice this they that all of it all of it looked too perfect like they could, this yeah. like I know all of wrestling is technically choreographed, but they definitely like I. This is probably one of the better spots. Like we've seen the one like PWG and stuff like that, but they took right. their time on it. They they knew what they were shooting for and they accomplished it. Like they knocked it out the park. Well, let me ask you: Do you think they practiced the conga line? I was wondering that too, but the, I think that that. <laughs> I've been to a couple of indie shows where that's broke out like out of nowhere and it's like 200 people in the line. Like half the people aren't even in their seats anymore. So so this is a common thing is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And how they just went back to a complete reset when they got back in the ring. That was probably <laughs> one of my favorite parts of the whole match. Well, we're not going to just glaze over this. You said you've been a part of several conga lines. Oh, yeah. Uh, this Rockstar Pro, like they had, they get it going uh-huh. like in 
By that time, I've already had about eight Paps Blue Ribbons, so uh, oh. sky's the limit after that. So, man, yeah, those PBRs will just—I mean, how can you not conga after a few of those? And for a dollar fifty a beer at an independent wrestling show in downtown Dayton, Ohio, got to do what you got to do. <laughs> that sounds like a party I want a part of. Well, if you ever get a chance, especially once uh, Corona's over, definitely come down. We'll go to a show. It's actually Sammy Sammy Callahan and the Chris Brothers uh, promotion, and they run it inside of a bar. That's awesome. Yeah, it's it's, it's definitely legit. <laughs> That's basically what progress is at this point. Right. Like, there's like a, I don't know if you <laughs> notice it, but there's a bar like just off the hard camera. Um, there's been a few matches in the in the past where they like actually go to the bar and like get beers and fight in the crowd, and it's it's it's. Those Brits over there, they they know what they're doing when it comes to wrestling. They also know what they're doing when it comes to cocaine, apparently, because <laughs> Madman Manson takes a, uh, I believe the commentator said a, a mysterious white powder. Yeah. Um, he tried to play it down, but then Manson's like, "Oh man, I'm so coked up." I was like, "Okay, dude, we got it." <laughs> I had to rewind that shit because I heard the commentator say it, but I'm like, "Did he really just say that?" Yeah. <laughs> And then when he yelled it out, I'm like, what? Oh, like our first uh, coked up drug dealer, that dr- drug addict that they're admitting on TV. Uh, <laughs> I mean, we know all wrestlers do this, but we right. is, is like, like, I mean, it, yeah, it, it threw me off like in a good way. Though. I'm like, holy shit. Like they are not fucking around in progress. Yeah. <laughs> 2013, man. What a fun time. Right. But uh, yeah, man, just a lot of comedy in this match, uh, but they did it right. I think there's a right way and a wrong way to do comedy and right. wrestling um, in progress even has had some comedy stuff that has bombs before, but the crowd was into this. And at the end of the day, that's all that matters, I think. Um, but it's funny because this is the stakes here are pretty legit. It's the um, so at this point, they don't have a tag team championship. So this is this uh, show here was the beginning of a tournament to crown the first ever progress tag team champions. And this match here, believe it or not, was a first round match for, uh, for that. And, um, eventually, uh, I believe it's Martin Kirby of project ego. It's like right after the conga line, they get back in the ring. He low blows madman Manson and rolls him up for the quick win. So project ego gets the win and moves on in the tournament to become tag team champions. Uh, I feel like we didn't talk about Grotto enough. Well, what are your thoughts on Grotto? Is it Grotto or Grado, first of all? Uh, I don't know. I always say Grotto, but that's the that's just how I don't know. I can't explain it. So high on me, I guess. But <laughs> no, I know. I think I've seen him a few different places. I think it was like uh, Dragon Gate and a couple other things. Maybe New Japan. I think I can't remember. I know I do remember yeah. him though. So I saw him in Impact. That was the first time I saw him. I think that was like the later TNA days. If I remember right. correctly, um, he's he's very he's very polarizing. But me, it's like could take him or leave him. Honestly, yeah. I mean, he's the only reason why he's memorable is because he was like a Coke Cabana like knockoff. He even had the Coke Cabana elbow pad on during this uh, match. I'm yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. You know, I never made that connection before, but now that's all I'm going to be able to see. <laughs> yep. a, a, t- a chubbier down Coke to the Cabana. damn single. Yeah. He's got a hat, though. The hat's different. Makes him unique. Right, right, right. So, yeah, Project Ego gets the win there. And that brings us to our next match. Nathan Cruz versus Doug Williams. So, Doug Williams, of course, a legend in uh, the UK. And um, actually, you know, I'm covering him 
because I have different timelines going on at the same time. And, and ROH, that timeline I'm doing now is 2002. And that's when Doug Williams was pretty prominent there as well. Yeah, so I'm watching yeah. him in, in his early ROH days as well. And I think in TNA, even he pops up like in the later 2000s and I'm almost there as well. So a lot of Doug Williams on this podcast um, versus Nathan Cruz, who just in case you aren't familiar with, are you familiar with Nathan Cruz at all? No, not at all. Like this was a, uh... I I actually liked his style and I liked uh I liked his selling. Like I liked everything about him, honestly. Like he was really smooth in the ring, especially going yeah. against a legend and going wrestling from up under damn near the whole match. But like I actually did enjoy him. Yeah, I like what he's doing too, because so basically in the, the first chapter, their first show, they crowned the first ever progress champion and he ended up winning a like mini tournament to become the first ever champ. So I was like, okay, they're pushing this guy hard. Cause like you, I wasn't familiar with him at all before this. And, um, you know, like you said, he's very, he's really good at the fundamentals, right? Like he's not like super flashy, but everything he, like, he's like, is selling the way he moves the way, like his promos are really good. Yeah. He's a guy that seems like he would fit in, in like an AW or a WWE. And that's kind of like what his gimmick is. So there's this uh, faction called screw indie wrestling. <laughs> and as the name, the name's it's pretty self-explanatory, but it's a bunch right. of guys that are like against like the quote unquote indie style and are more like superstars. So for all intents and purposes, they represent like what WWE is and it's him, Mark Haskins and Rampage yep. Brown. And we see all those guys over the course of the show. But like I said, Nathan Cruz, he won the title, seemed like he was getting pushed. This faction got started, but this is like, you know, spoiler alert for this match. He loses this match ultimately. And he's, he's lost a few matches in a row, so I'm wondering where they're going with him. But like you said, I enjoy his style, and I think him and Doug Williams meshed pretty well. Um, and they had – so Screw Indie Wrestling, they have this whole gimmick where they don't let Jim Smallman, the owner, they don't let him in, introduce them. So apparently now they got this new chick who I've never seen her before. Her name's Catherine <laughs> Rose. And she's like – she reminded me of Vicky Guerrero. I don't right. know if you got that at all. Yeah, that's that's all I was thinking the entire time. I was like, where did they get this Vicky Guerrero knockoff? Yeah. <laughs> I, like, literally, as I was thinking that, she... I don't think she actually said, excuse me, but she said something that was, like, in a similar tone. Like, I'm speaking, or something like that. Like, in the same shrill voice. Right. Um, but that all plays into, like, their sports entertainment kind of gimmick. Um, but the match itself, really good, really smooth. Um, any Doug Williams match is going to be at least pretty good. Um, and Doug Williams actually had a world title shot at the last show where Nathan Cruz uh, cost him the match. That's kind of the backstory for this match. And um, towards the end of the match, Doug Williams ends up hitting a top rope European uppercut, followed by the Chaos Theory rolling German suplex for the win. Um yeah, like I said, solid. Really put over Doug Williams, a legend at this point. And uh, yeah, any other thoughts on this match? Uh, Doug Williams looked pretty damn good to be as old as he was at this point. Right? So, I agree. I mean, and his style too. Like, he was actually pretty smooth. I mean, he was, he got kind of winded towards the end. But other than that, like, he actually was, he actually kind of surprised me at how good he, like, how good he went in the ring at, at in yeah. 2013. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I think he retires just a few years after this. Um, I think Nathan Cruz was a good guy to put him in there with. You know, if, right. if he threw like a some other jumping bean in there with him, 
he might have gotten winded faster and maybe it wouldn't have turned out as good in the end. But um, I thought these two gelled together pretty well. Yeah, um, absolutely. But man, this next match. So so it's Mark Haskins. He's uh, he has an open challenge here. Um, a part of that screw screw any wrestling group that I mentioned earlier. And I've seen Mark Haskins a few times. Yeah. And every time I see him, I'm like, man, this is like a like Kmart Adam Cole. Literally. <laughs> like literally. That's all I've thought every time I see every time I've seen him. And then this match pretty much confirmed it. It blew my mind. It was like because like the way he looks, the way he walks, the way he wrestles, his promos, everything about him is just like Adam Cole. And if you don't believe me, just watch this fucking match because right. it's Mark Haskins <laughs> versus it's like Adam Cole versus like, Adam Cole. Yeah. <laughs> Exhibit A. Man, it's just like because uh, at this point in 2013, Adam Cole is both the Ring of Honor champion and the PWG champion. Yeah. So he's red hot at this point. He's the, probably the biggest indie wrestler in the world. Definitely in the US, maybe in the world. Well, they said it on the broadcast. They said it on this that at the time yeah. he is this is the biggest indie wrestler in the world, and he's gracing our uh, our promotion. Yeah, exactly. So a huge get for progress, and that only shows the uh, how, how well they've evolved in right. in the less than two years they've been around at this point. Well, again, and, and that was like are. that was he's one of the ones that got me turned on to progress a yeah. little bit later on. Not not so much this match, but he's definitely one of the ones that got me turned on to progress. Him and Chris Hero. Right. Yeah. And you got to figure there's probably a, a big trickle effect after this. I'm sure they just got bigger and bigger immediately after this. Um, yeah, like you said, huge get and match gets underway with you know Mark Haskins, the heel here. So he attacks him from behind before the bell rings. Everybody's super hot for Adam Cole. And then Haskins just fucking shits on him immediately. Right. Um, but I like the dynamic of this match because Adam Cole, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. He was pretty much a heel his entire run in the indies. Yeah, not pretty much, literally. Literally, <laughs> yeah. I don't, I can't, I mean, not that I can remember, like, especially in P- PWG, I mean, he was a fucking despicable, evil bastard in PWG. Yeah. So, and I'm pretty sure it was pretty much the same thing in Ring of Honor after he turned on Kyle O'Reilly. So, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't think he, I don't think he's ever been a, a face. <laughs> Yeah, because I, I was kind of disconnected from ROH and PWG at the time where Adam Cole was really hot there. So I wasn't sure. But yeah, this match is basically two heels facing each other, but Adam Cole is positioned as the babyface right. for the purpose of this match. But I like that dynamic because, like, for example, there's a spot where uh, Adam Cole is on the top rope and Mark Haskins is in the center of the ring, but he pushes the ref into the ropes to try to knock Adam Cole down. Like that spot we see all the time. But Adam Cole, being you know the, the even better heel, saw that coming, had it scouted, and just jumped off the top rope before the ref hit the ropes. It was like such a subtle thing, right? But it was it was like a nuance that I really loved about it. And the thing I I didn't like about I hate about these types of matches where I know they especially for a new promotion, you don't want to the the super dope indie dude is coming over gracing your promotion. You want to kind of position him like that, but like I think they should have just let him be. Two asshole heels beating the shit out of each other, trying to out cheat each other. I, that's yeah. that's the only critique I would have on this match is that I would have rather seen the actual Adam Cole and not Adam Cole coming to the UK. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. No. Yeah, I definitely agree. Although, devil's advocate, 
considering how hot Adam Cole was and considering what a get this was for progress and how excited these UK fans were to see this guy in their promotion. I feel like Adam Cole could have taken a newborn puppy, burned it in the middle of the ring and then stomped on it. And the crowd still would have cheered for him. Right. So. Exactly. Now, well that, and that's literally my point where it didn't matter. It didn't matter if he came yeah. over there and was his dickhead self. Just the fact that he came to their, like you said, year old promotion and showed up and wrestled a match. It didn't matter. They were going to cheer for him no matter what. Like you said, he could have, he could have fucking Panama sunrise the puppy in the middle of the ring <laughs> and they still would have, they're still going to cheer. That's why I was like, I, when things like that happen cross promotion wise, like I hate when they switch it up. Like, no, let them be the person that they know he is. Everyone in the world knows that Adam Cole is a dick and Haskins is a dick. Let two dicks battle it out. Sword fight. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I don't There's so much going on there. I'm, I'm, I'm busy thinking about you doing a Canadian destroyer to a dog. Now I'm thinking about dicks fighting each other. There's too much going on here. <laughs> But uh, Let it ultimately, <laughs> let those two dicks sink in. Anyways, Pulse. Uh, so uh, <laughs> towards the end of the match, Adam Cole, um, I don't know what his finisher is at this point, but he hits two last shots. Both get a uh, two count, um, but he finally wins with a super kick to the back of the head, followed by a brain buster on the knee. Yeah. And uh, like like you said, Adam Cole comes in here, beats Mark Haskins. I don't know if he sticks around in progress or if this is just a one-off. Um, I, I mean, I, he's deep in ROH and PWG at this point, so obviously yeah. he's probably not going to be full-time. Although they all are only doing shows every couple months, so who knows. But um, yeah, real, really really fun match. I think these guys, uh, I mean, like, like we said, they're twins. So obviously they have chemistry because they grew up in the womb together. Facts. Separated at birth. <laughs> Exactly. Uh, but yeah, man, what did you think of this match overall? No, it was a dope match overall. I mean, you got to see Adam Cole in all his glory and Haskins for that point. Like, I think I feel like he's extremely underrated. And yeah, I feel like he should be over here. NXT, AEW, somewhere. Somebody needs to get him over here. I know he's he has done like a one shot or two at uh, an AEW. Has him all wrong? Or was it it was somewhere he's done a couple shots. But I definitely yeah. think he should be here. Yeah, it's a name that I've always like heard just online, but I've never really like watched his matches until 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 I went through these progress shows. But yeah, I agree. He's really good on the mic. I don't even think we mentioned that in the beginning, but he's like going in on the crowd. He's uh man, I wish I like quoted what he said, but he's basically yelling at some women that are in the crowd. He says they're like STD ridden minges or something. I don't know. He said <laughs> it when you when you put like a UK accent behind it, it makes it sound so brutal for whatever reason. No, I totally agree. And that shirt was fire. I'm not an indie restaurant pro. That shit was fire. They probably still sell them. You could probably cop one. Didn't think about that. <laughs> but uh, see, so yeah, a next match: London Riots versus the Bangra Knights. So, are you familiar at all with Jimmy Havoc and what his story is here? I know we kind of get to it more in the end, but kind of just overall, what what his deal is. Not really, no. I am, I am, I know who Jimmy Havoc is, and I'm especially right. his, doing his time in uh, Ring of Honor with uh, Seth Rollins, but here, no, not so yeah. much. So he came in, and <laughs> I probably seem silly in hindsight in my previous episodes, but he came in as like this cheerful baby face who, like, the crowd was behind. They did like a Twitter campaign to get him booked on the show, and 
Jimmy Havoc was losing every match, but he was like trying to prove that he was more than just like the hardcore guy and that he could fit in with this British, you know, classic British style of wrestling. Uh, but he's lost every match at this <laughs> point. And <laughs> so it's not, not going so well for him. So he responds to that and he responds to how uh, progress has kind of treated him like a mascot. He viciously turned heel at the last chapter by brutalizing the owner, Jim Smallman and uh, the Bangra Knights as well, I believe. Um, but yeah, hits Jim Smallman with a chair, beats him up with a cricket bat, uh, just in case you aren't sure if it's in the UK or not. Beats him <laughs> up with a cricket bat. And uh, so that's pretty much we were, where we are there. And I bring it up here because he aligns himself with the London Riots, who are, they probably have more heat as heels than anybody else in the company other than Jimmy Havoc. Um, so you got a really great faction there and you got the London riots here facing the Bangor Knights who got turned on by Jimmy Havoc essentially at the last chapter. Um, and I say that because, you know, the Bangor Knights and their pre in the previous chapters that I've watched them, they're, they're almost like kind of a comedy team. If not comedy, then they're just like very like happy go lucky, like, you know, playing with the crowd, bantering with the crowd and all that stuff. Bollywood boys really type shit. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's literally <laughs> RJ Singh. Used to, he like started out with like a Bollywood character. Um, I guess he still is, but, but yeah, that's what they were. But in this match, they were like all business, like no joking around just straight to the point because they are pissed at the London riots and they're pissed at Jimmy Havoc. And they're just going to take it out on the riots here to the point where, um, this match ends in a double count out, which doesn't happen in progress ever. But that just goes to show how like heated the rivalry was at this point is that the ring couldn't contain them. And um, they, they, yeah, a lot of fighting outside. Um, they fight to the back eventually. And then the ref just has to call it, which is an, another element to this is, is that this is another, another uh, tag team title tournament match. So it's a no contest. So who know who, who knows what they're going to do um, to solve that full deal there. How the hell but, did uh, I miss all of that? I didn't miss them. I missed them announcing both these matches being part of the tournament. It was very, I don't even know if, they announced it or the commentator just mentioned it. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, it was definitely like very background. So I don't, I don't really blame you for, uh, for mentioning it, but, but speaking of the introduction, I do love how um, the owner, the owner's the, the ring announcer. And like I said, he got his ass kicked by the London riots, the last show. So he's like, I fucking hate these guys. They don't even get ring music. Just get them out of here. Fuck it. Like, yeah, and they turned their backs. A, I forgot about that. They flipped them, turned their backs, and flipped them off behind them as they came to yeah. the ring. So good, such good shit. And then, uh, yeah, like I said, the match happens, no contest, but they uh, will apparently have a rematch in a street fight in a, in a few months from now. Um, but yeah, what do you think of this whole little deal here? Uh, it was pretty straightforward. I mean, you knew what it was. Like, it was a vehicle to get get them over and get more heat on them, and it worked. I mean, when the owner and the fucking turns a crowd against you before the uh, match even starts, I mean, it kind of sets the tone for what you're dealing with. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the crowd is all for it. They're they're definitely um, in for giving heat to the London riots. And we're not done with them yet, folks. Not done with them yet. Um, but the next match, just weirdly kind of in the middle of the show, I guess it's the second to last match. Well, not really, but... Uh, the progress wrestling championship is on the line 
the champion Rampage Brown versus Sticks. So I'm I'm, I'm going to go ahead and guess that you're not familiar with Sticks. No, absolutely not. You're not missing much. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I I say that, but I did kind of enjoy this match. Yeah. First thing first, the fucking world championship is a giant eagle on the stick. So I was going to ask you about that. What do you think of the staff? <laughs> At first, I didn't realize what it was or what was going on until the end, which we'll get to. I'm like, where, where the hell is Because like all of them, like they kept saying this is for the world. So I'm like, where the hell is the belt at? So I was thinking it was like going to be a ladder match or something like the belt was suspended or some shit. I'm like, I did not realize until the end that it's a giant fucking eagle staff. <laughs> That's the world championship. I'm going to I'm going to just pretend like you didn't call it a stick. How dare you, sir, disrespect the, 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 the illustrious staff with an eagle on it. It looked like some Roman shit, bro. Like on 300, guess, like uh, the dude up front carrying, <laughs> like the first dude to die like a, on the battlefield. That's that's all I was thinking about. <laughs> I don't want that shit. I guess that's what they're going for. Like, it almost looks like a battle axe. I get it, though. Uh, like, I dig it being something different, but I mean, like. Carrying around a giant ass staff through the airport, shit like. <laughs> like I, even, I wonder I if it's that's retractable. Gonna, yeah, I don't think that's gonna get through security, bro. No, I, d- don't worry, guy. I'm a wrestler. It's okay. <laughs> right. There's no way to get out of that. So, do they have a belt now, or is it still? Now, just, uh, yeah. All right. They have a belt. That's now. what I thought. I thought they did have a belt now, but I, yeah, coming out the gate, yeah, it took me a, a, literally to the end of the show to realize what the hell that was. I thought that was just one of Rampage's props or something. I didn't, I didn't know. Nope. It's the most prestigious uh, item in British wrestling, actually. So, well, I mean, uh, it, it's an item. So, yeah, I guess I can go with that. <laughs> yeah. If nothing else, it is an object. You're not <laughs> <Right>. wrong. <laughs> I don't know when they change it to a belt, but hopefully it's soon. Because when, when somebody wins a match and they have to hold up a staff, it's like... <laughs> it's like... Kind of badass, but also corny as shit. I, right. I don't know how to take it. I could imagine what the tag titles are going to look like. What are they, double swords or some shit? Umbrellas? Man. You know, you might be joking, but that's that's pretty fucking sick. <laughs> really? I mean, like shit. <laughs> oh, God. But, uh, yeah, Rampage versus Sticks. Uh, like you mentioned, we've seen Rampage Brown, who just debuted in NXT UK, and he's the champ here versus Sticks. Don't really know what what has happened to Sticks since this point, but uh, who gives a shit? But uh, the match happens, and uh, like I said, it was very like it was it was a lot more high flying in this yeah, match they than were, I expected. He's the, and definitely Rampage is not this athletic. Not he, his his move says and everything he's doing now. He is definitely not as athletic as he was at this right. match. But they were they were doing some shit for them both to be two forty two fifty. They were definitely doing some flying and tossing each other around like the other dude was in 240. So, yeah. Yeah. And at one point, Sticks does like a, a plancha over the top rope onto Rampage. And the crowd goes, Holy Sticks. Do you get I it? I thought they did that. That yeah, was another thing didn't... I had to rewind. Like, are they saying holy shit or are they saying holy Sticks? <laughs> no, they're just too clever. <laughs> too... My thing is, too, like, I just realized, too, like, there's no gates or anything. So these big-ass right. dudes are flying off the top rope into the crowd pretty much. I'm like, yo, I don't know. Definitely about pre-COVID. That. Definitely pre-COVID. Definitely pre-COVID. 
God, I can't imagine what kind of liquids all those guys in the front row have on them. <laughs> that shit's, yeah. I've been to an indie show like that. Literally, I sweat flung off this guy's, no, spit, actually. He got punched and spit and hit the dude next to me. Shit, he about had a fucking heart attack. <laughs> sweat, spit, blood, cum, all of it. So they fight on the outside. And uh, St- St- Styx takes like a backdrop on the stage, which, which looks brutal. Yeah. Um, I like, so previous shows, they've had like the fighting in the crowd thing. But when you're watching it, because like their lighting isn't that great. Yeah. So like in certain areas, there's no light. So they've, some matches in the past have suffered because of that. But I like how they like went to the most prominent part that had the most lit up uh, area to fight in the crowd. So they're yeah. evolving is basically what I'm saying. Or they're, that would, uh, I mean, that would be my only complaint about this whole show would be the lighting. Cause it, it was dark as shit. But other than that, I mean, yeah. yeah. And you can't tell that they were trying, they were, they were making a conscious effort to stay where the lights were. Right. Exactly. And I know nowadays their, their production is really good. Yeah. Um, but even like, if you go back, if you wanted to go back and start from chapter one and watch all those shows, you'll see how much they've already like improved a lot. Um, because like in the first show they had like the hard camera they had, they had one hard camera and one handheld camera around the ring and the hard camera had like the computer like soundboard or whatever it was like in frame and it was just like really blurry and the heart the handheld was like very like Cloverfield like um, so they're improving which is good but uh, eventually they fight their way back to the ring the crowd so uh, I believe Rampage like just beats on sticks in the crowd and he runs back to the ring to try to get a count out victory. But the crowd like moves their chairs like they part the Red Sea for sticks to get back in the ring, which I thought was pretty funny. So he gets in there, beats the 10 count, but ultimately Rampage just throws sticks throat first into the middle ropes and hits him with a pile driver for the win, retaining his uh, his stick. Uh, yeah. So what do you think of this match? This is actually a dope ass match. Like I like these I like when big athletic guys like get to show you what they could do and it's not just like punching and kicking and shit and yeah. slamming them into the ring post. Like they were doing uh, at one point Sticks did the tequila sunrise. Uh yeah, yeah. They, they were doing all types of holds and shit. Like I I I actually this is probably my favorite match of the whole night, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. I don't really uh I don't know if I disagree with you. It's either that or the main event. But uh yeah, really good match. I always love uh, big lads wrestling. Um, yeah, good shit here, but uh, we're not done with Rampage, folks. Uh, so after that, we have the quote-unquote main event. It is the Natural Progression Tournament Finals. Paul Robinson versus Mark Andrews. So I was watching this show, and I think when this match started, there was like 50 minutes, 45 minutes left on the show. So I was like, all right, we're going to get a, a five-star classic. We're going we're gonna to get a barn burner. But, I mean, this match, it was a very good match. A lot, good, a lot of good chain wrestling. You know, how, like, the last match, there were two big guys that did more high-flying than you would expect. Right. This match was two little guys, but there was, like, less high-flying than you yeah, would expect. Yeah, and that was the more, thing, too, yeah. like, because I'm familiar with Mark Andrews, but I've never seen him wrestle this style of match. So it was definitely uh, – a good change of pace to see that he has that. Cause like at NXT UK, him and uh, Morgan Webster, I mean, they, they're, they're pretty much, they just do their high flying because they're normally the smallest damn team 
in the ring. Yeah, so yeah. they got to be quick and in and out. So, so seeing that he had that in him, that was definitely like a, a little eye opener to make me look at him a little bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Same here. Especially it makes sense though, because Paul Robinson's smaller than Mark Andrews. Um, Which also but, I mean, they're both, my fucking yeah. mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So both these guys are pretty small. So they're able to kind of do moves that maybe normally they wouldn't be able to do with other opponents. Um, so I like that element of it. And like I said, a lot of good chain wrestling in the beginning, a lot of technical stuff. Um, Paul Robinson brings in the kickboxing element to it. Um, really good match, but not as long as I expected it to be. Like I felt like it almost had another gear to it. Right. Uh, because the wind or the the finish kind of comes out of nowhere. So Mark Andrews hits a uh I couldn't tell if it was a Spanish fly or if it was a, a like a belly to belly, like a backflip belly to belly off the top rope. But that whatever it is, he hits it, looks brutal, and that gets him the win. I don't know, maybe 10 minutes, 12 minutes in. And yeah, it was, uh, I thought it was gonna be way longer because like you said too, I, I looked, I was like, there's still damn near a whole hour left. Like, what the hell is like, what are they yeah, going to yeah. do after this? Like, I thought maybe it was like, like another show with players. So I didn't realize how much <laughs> is going to go on after this. So Mark Andrews wins the tournament. He gets a trophy, not a staff. Um, and like I said, he, uh, by winning this tournament, he gets a world title shot uh, at any point that he chooses. But he also gets the opportunity to pick one person that will compete in the next year uh, in next year's natural progression tournament. And it just so happens that Will Ospreay is there in attendance who, uh, by the way, if, if you want to go back and watch these shows, go watch both of the Mark Andrews versus Will Ospreay matches. Cause they're both bangers. Hell yeah. Um, but at this point, Will Ospreay isn't a part of the company, um, but he is partners with Paul Robinson from what I understand. I guess they're a tag team at this point. Okay. So, um, but Mark Andrews picks Will Ospreay to be in next year's tournament. They have a whole little deal there. Um, Eddie Dennis is also there celebrating with Mark Andrews. I, th- I was expecting Eddie Dennis to turn on Mark Andrews, honestly. That's that's what I was waiting for the entire time. Like, I just kept looking like, this don't seem right. Like, why is he hugging everybody? Like, I'm like, he's about to take him the hell out. And it never happened. Exactly. Especially when he didn't choose Eddie to be the guy in the next year's tournament. Right. I was like, man, he's going to be, he's going to be pissed about that. Especially when he did like the whole, uh, uh, he had him on his shoulders. Like I was expecting a thumbs up, yeah. thumbs down deal. <laughs> That's exactly what I was, when I was expecting, I was like, man, he's about to drop his ass. But, uh, it doesn't happen here. But, uh, what does happen is, uh, Jim Smallman asks Mark Andrews when he wants his title shot. So I'm expecting, cause the second, anniversary show is like either the next show or the show after that. So I'm like, okay, he's probably going to want to be on that landmark show. That's probably what's going to happen. But nope. Mark Andrews grabs a mic and he's like, I want my title shot right fucking now. And I was like, nah, he's just saying that they're not really going to do that. I'm, th- I'm, f- I'm figuring, you know, cause Rampage and Nathan Cruz both come out and Nathan Cruz is essentially like his mouthpiece. So I'm expecting Nathan. Cause he comes out there with a mic. I'm gonna be like, you fucking serious, mate? You're not getting the title shot today. We're doing it on our terms. Like, I know I thought the show was going to end there. But, by golly, they have a match. So we have Mark Andrews versus Rampage Brown for the Progress Wrestling Championship. Right there and then. 
uh, Rampage is still like in his like shorts and t-shirt. He's, he has his boots on and whatnot, but he def- obviously wasn't prepared for a match. Um, kayfabe, obviously. Um, but the match lasts like, I don't know, three minutes. And Mark Andrews just catches him with a, like a roll up and wins. So out of nowhere, just all of this happens. And Mark Andrews is all of a sudden your progress wrestling champion. What'd you think of all that? It was a lot. <laughs> I mean, uh, this so yeah. much wasn't, but everything that happens next. And my oh, thing we're is only at the like, tip of the iceberg, folks. R- right. We're just getting started. My thing is, too, like, I, after Rampage just had that crazy-ass match with Sticks, he comes in. First of all, why would you accept this match? And then third of all, he loses like that on, a, like, a roll-up. Like, I I get what they were trying to do, and they had to push on to the next thing. But, like, that – it didn't make sense to me. Like, it was like, if I guess. Yeah. I mean, I know what you're trying – I know what they're trying to get to and what they're trying to push, but I, I could have dealt without it, to be honest. Yeah, it's almost like they're losing faith because we saw Mark Haskins lose, we saw Nathan Cruz lose, and now we saw Rampage Brown lose. So it's almost like they're like backpedaling on this little faction they got because a new bigger heel faction is on the horizon. I don't know if that's the mentality or if that's just how everything played out. But um so yeah, Mark Andrews holds up the staff, he's the champ, has the eagle in his hand. And then what happens after that is the London riots hit the ring, the London riots and Jimmy Havoc, who uh, commentary in one of the matches earlier said that Jimmy Havoc was expelled from progress, which is just a funny like way to describe it. Just a funny British way to describe it. Right. All their shit like it's I, I know it's technically I guess it's technically racist laughing at how they say shit, but it's <laughs> it's. It gets me every time. Sometimes I have to like take a step back and think about what the fuck are they saying? Or what do they mean? Yeah. <laughs> There's a ton of that. I'm almost like I've watched enough of it to where it's not even like crazy to me anymore. Right. <laughs> um, but Jimmy Havoc is uh, disregarding his expulsion by uh, hitting the ring with the London riots. They beat up on Mark Andrews. They beat up on Eddie Dennis. They're both lying in the ring. London riots and Jimmy Havoc are standing tall. And the the London riots tie up Eddie Dennis to the turn, uh, like the corner of the ring turnbuckle post with tape. So Mark Andrews is knocked out in the middle of the ring. He's super vulnerable. And at that point is where Jimmy Havoc whips out a contract that he had in his back pocket. I don't know how he got this contract, um, but I'm not going to question it. Apparently, he is his contract states that he has the right to a match against anyone under any stipulation whenever he wants. And what does he want? He wants a world title match against Mark Andrews. When does he want it now? And at first, cause Jim Smallman is there. He's kind of like amongst the crowd because he's scared of Jimmy Havoc because he got his ass kicked by him in the last show. But Jim Smallman has a mic and he's like, oh, fuck you, you wank. I'm not giving you or whatever he said. He says he basically says that I'm not giving you a title match. Fuck you. Go fuck your mother. But then Jimmy Havoc continues to beat on Mark Andrews. By the way, he has a bright pink chair. If I failed to mention that earlier, that was fire too. I'm like, where the hell did you get that custom chair? (laughs) 
Fire is one word to describe it. And that's also good foreshadowing because Jimmy Havoc continues to beat on Mark Andrews with a chair, but Jim Smallman's still like, nope, nope, not giving you a title match. You can't do that. You're not hijacking my show. You're not hijacking my company. Then Jimmy Havoc pulls out lighter fluid and starts dumping it onto the back of Mark Andrews, basically threatening to light him on fire in the middle of the ring, which is the most British thing I've ever seen in my life. And so at that point, obviously, Jim Smallman's like, okay, fuck it. You got your match. You got your match. Um, Tells the ref to ring the bell. Ref rings the bell, even though Mark Andrews is still unconscious. Jimmy Havoc covers Mark Andrews. One, two, kick out, which was that popped me big, too. I didn't expect that at all. Uh, Popped the crowd big, too. And he hits him a few more times with the chair and then hits him with a uh, dude buster is what I know this move as. I don't know <laughs> if it has an, another name. It doesn't really fit Jimmy Havoc, but essentially like a, like a pile driver, I guess, of sorts. And uh, he makes, which is, even, is so good. He makes Jim Smallman make the one, two, three. So Jim Smallman, the owner who got bludgeoned at the last show, is now counting the one, two, three and awarding the progress title to the guy that beat him up at the last chapter. So Jimmy Havoc beats Mark Andrews and he's now your new progress champion. A lot to take in a lot happened there. What are your thoughts? Yikes. <laughs> I agree. It was, I don't know. I lost track of, of most of it. I'm not even gonna lie to you. Yeah, it was. It was just I had to rewind it a couple times. Like, what the fuck is going on? And he beat he beat he beat a Mark with the chair fifteen times. Like he stopped, talked to the owner to go back and beat his ass with the chair again. Then he looked like he was about to light him on fire. I'm like, bro, what is what the fuck? Is going on? <laughs> I was thinking that as I was watching this, I was like, man, this is this is a rough show to just make RN jump right into. <laughs> I was, I mean, I was, like I said, there was a lot I was into it. It was, like you said, a lot processed my first show, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're, you know what? Without context, yeah, it probably just seems a lot of hullabaloo for no reason. You're probably right. But I enjoyed it. Maybe that's just the context that I have. But yeah, if you, if you wanted to go watch the previous chapters, I think it's well worth it. A lot of good stuff happening there. But, uh, yeah, man, a hectic end to this show. It was very on this show. There's a lot of sports entertainment stuff on this show. Right. I noticed um, more so than the previous chapters. But uh, yeah, that brings progress. Chapter 10 to a close. Um, I mean, overall, this is really your first as far as I understand your first progress show from start to finish. Uh, what were your like overall thoughts of it? I loved it. Like I'm I am a staunch proponent of indie wrestling. Like I bring the stats and the, uh, the normally knowing who some of these people are that show up that most of my other counterparts who only really watch like WWE right. or AEW. Like normally I, if I haven't heard, if I don't know extensively about them or seen them in person, I've at least heard of them and seen video. Of them. So same thing with mm-hmm. progress. I mean, I pretty much knew for the most part, at least one or two people in every match. So, but I, yeah. I liked it because it was different, not in the UK way different, but just different in indie wrestling different. Like 
the staff and shit for the world championship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the crowd participation, all of it. Like I, I, I'm thoroughly enjoying this, and I'm definitely looking forward to doing some more with you. Absolutely, dude. I'd be happy to bring you back on. It's such like a uh, like you said, the crowd is always hot, um, and they just do things a little bit differently over there in progress, and they only get better, from what I understand. Right. Uh, we, we rattled off like, a bunch of names earlier. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, too, because even though it was, yeah, what we say different, but it wasn't different. Like how we're saying different. It's not how you think different. Like it was still dope ass fucking wrestling. Every match, even the comedy match was dope. Like, so right. when we say different, don't think we're saying it's like some funny shit. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> it's balls to the wall. Some of the best wrestling you're going to fucking see, but it's, it's just presented in a different way. That's not like anything you see here in the States. Yeah, it's like, so I've been watching a lot of old school ROH, and I've also been watching a lot of old school ECW recently, and there's certain parallels. It's like, the production is obviously better than both of them, but there's like a grittiness to it, for lack of a better term. It's like a, uh, it's that very, um, so what I'm looking for, not small intimate it's like an intimate yeah. like kind of show if it, it feels underground and it feels like like it's just everybody's in on it and it feels like it's just such a great energy in all of these progress shows and just add on top of that the amazing wrestling the amazing segments really good promos here and there too and just like the origins of a lot of guys that we see nowadays like damn near the whole <laughs> whole rosters in wwe or AEW or somewhere else right um and a lot of the guys you see on WWE and AEW started here or at least popped in here at some point. So definitely would suggest to you as an indie wrestling fan, you would definitely get a kick out of following these for sure. But uh, yeah, man, that's all I got. Um, why don't you tell everybody where, where they can find you and the uh, Smack Raw podcast? Yeah, absolutely. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Mr. Eight Nine Eighty Four. You can also follow uh, uh, my show that I do. I do a recap show. We recap WWE, AEW, uh, some indie things here or there. We definitely do the pay-per-view recaps. I'm actually a part of the uh, NXT recap crew, and that's at Smacked Raw Pod. You can uh, hashtag us Smacked NXT, and we'll shoot us some questions and stuff we'll answer. Uh, and, yeah, that, that's pretty much it. Hell, yeah, man. Well, uh, yeah, go check that out. Um, and, yeah, man, thanks again for coming on and doing this with me. Hey, no problem. Like I said, definitely looking forward to doing some more with you. Like, I... I thoroughly enjoyed this. Like you definitely uh, got the juices flowing, got me hip to add two more hours of wrestling I don't have <laughs> to my week. Right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome for that. Once again, thank you to RN from the Smacked Raw podcast. Check him out on Twitch and on your favorite podcast platform as well. Yeah, you can follow him on Twitter at Mister Eight Nine. Eight four, all that will go in the description below. Like I said, the Smack Raw podcast—they do a uh, live recaps on Twitch and uh, all that shit. Really entertaining group of cats over there. So go check them out. And uh, hey, if you haven't already, if you're not currently listening to me through this, check out the newapronbump.com. Um, I've kind of redone it. Not kind of. I've totally redone it to make it look a little cleaner than it was before. It's very, it's much easier, looks much better on mobile devices as well. And um, 
makes it easier for you to search for certain episodes. You can filter by category, by promotion, by series that I'm doing. Click on the episode. You can choose whatever podcast platform you like. You can even click on the YouTube link to the episode there. You can easily rate, review, um, you know, subscribe to my OnlyFans, find my Chatterbait links, all of that stuff you can get there. So go check out apronbump.com and listen to every single one of my episodes, you fucks, okay? All right? Just okay? Anyways... <laughs> But that's all I got for you guys. So once again, thank you guys very much. I know I say it every week, but it really means a lot. All the support that this podcast has been getting. Love seeing it grow every single week. And love coming here every week to talk some wrestling with you fucks. So thank you guys once again. And my penis is very hard. I'm I'm hard. Yeah. It's a hardest, talk around and disregard it. Should you walk the ground, show you what hard is. Standing strong and proud of it, and I guess let's get started. It's the hardest.